So this song on the radio, God is on the move. Have any of you been hearing that lately? We've had it playing when you were coming in. And uh, it's just an exciting, upbeat song that says, you know, God is on the move. And there's something that happens when people make choices and when they live life and when they uh, move with God. And there's evidence of God being on the move. And this is great language for what we're talking about right here. And I want to tell you, God is on the move in the marketplace. Uh, I love moving with God in the marketplace, in a coaching meeting, in a business meeting, in a consulting meeting. Now, I love moving with God in a church service, too, or a revival service. That's wonderful. But, you know, those are usually just on Sundays and weekends. You know, I like to move with God all week long. How about you? And so we know that God is up to something in the marketplace and that we've left far too much on the table. I think as Christians, we have reduced this thing down to a very pale excuse for what marketplace ministry is all about. And I think it's time that we redefine the situation with all of our hearts, all of our attention on God and listening as we've already positioned ourselves tonight to, to see what's on God's heart about this whole message about what is it to be on the move with God in the marketplace. So that's where we want to go. So God is on the move. Now, let's look at it this way. I love strategy, okay? How many of you love strategy? A few of you, half of you, three-fourths of you. I love to think about how is God working? Not just what is he doing, but how is he working? How is this connecting? I'm always connecting dots. I was born to connect dots. And I can't turn that part of my brain off. Oh, here's a new thing. How does it connect to that thing? Does it move that thing off the table? Does it move it up? Does it redefine it? You know, it's kind of like part of the science of how our brains work. But when I think about how is God moving in the earth, I immediately go to, well, how does that affect me? I'm a marketplace woman. I care about the marketplace. I care about all of it, but my, my power alley is in the marketplace. And so when I think about that, I realize God is moving on many different levels, and I believe we can have as much of it as we want as much of it as we set our hearts to understand and go after. And so do you ever just feel like the world is in such a crazy place that it's too much for you to ever understand and you just need to coast? Do you ever like watch the news, look at the economy, look at all these things and you're just kind of like tuned out like, well, I don't know. Like I never dreamed we'd be in the place where we are right now and I don't even know what to do anymore. So we're tempted to bury our head in the sand and build a smaller world for ourselves and uh, operate there where we can have some type of a known environment or a known existence. And I think those opportunities are uh, fast disappearing. So you can't hide forever. And we can know what's going on. God wants us to know. And so we want to set ourselves to understand God is moving strategically on many levels in the earth. And we want to, I want to invite you to cry out to God to bring us into the highest purposes of his heart in these various assignments. I don't want you to ever say, I, I'm just a roofer, I'm just a clerk, I'm just an occupational therapist, I'm just anything, because nobody is just anything. You have a level of responsibility in the things that you do that God wants to move with you in that world in greater measure than perhaps you've recognized before. And so I wanna ask you to think about asking God for the highest possible purpose he has for you. Do you want to coast? Anybody in here just want to coast? I mean, do you want to settle? 
How much fun is that? It's miserable. So ask God for the highest possible calling that he has available for you. So you might be saying, well, okay, but why should I listen to you about it? That's a fair question. So let me just tell you a, a few little things about why I care so much about these things and a little bit of the ways that uh, my history has evolved to this point. I survived a, I survived a tragic childhood event uh, when I was burned over 40% of my body. I was 14 years old. Many of you have heard the story or have read the story. And it was the most difficult part of my life, most difficult thing I'd ever encountered. It almost took my life. But I will tell you that the lessons God taught me as a 14-year-old girl laying on what could have been my deathbed in a burn unit about how to pray and how to look to God when nobody that I knew could be around me, not my mother, not my father, not my brother, and that the Holy Spirit was so with me and so taught me at a young age the power of setting the bar high with your prayer and with your faith. And so I, I came out of that thing uh, scarred. I had to learn to walk again. But I'll tell you what, I came out of this knowing a little something about how to pray in times of crisis, in times of aloneness. And that's something all of us need to understand. You don't develop that kind of prayer life by waiting till you're in the crisis. And so somebody the other day was talking to me about the times. I'm like, well, it's not so serious yet. And it's like, well, you know what? This is a good time to get ready for when it will be serious. Because uh, you don't just develop a stellar prayer life at the last moment in the fire of, of a crisis. And so, so it's important to know that you're dealing with somebody who, who has come through great testings of various kinds, this one being a, a very graphic one. I've had the privilege of serving in leadership in three different arenas of life, three different spheres, business, education, and ministry organizations. And so uh, I'll tell you, Rick and I co-founded a sporting goods store off the college campus in San Marcos, Texas, and we called it the Field House. And one of the exciting things we learned in this sporting goods store was how to care for the college students that we hired. We were just a few years older than they were, actually. We were in our very young marriage, had just finished school ourselves, and found ourselves um, owning and running this sporting goods store. And what we learned is how to take people where they are, identify their gifts, and then move them into their gifts. And it's one of the great joys of our life uh, to this day in any setting where we happen to be. So in this Fieldhouse experience, we learned a lot about people and we actually learned a lot about buying and selling. And the lessons here played into something I did later that I would, I would say really the lessons we learned in that little store were even more useful than what I learned in my MBA, actually, because it was right there in the day in the life experience. Many of you know what, that, what I'm talking about there. I built a corporate training center from concept to 10 million in revenue, serving over 150,000 participants from business and industry. That happened in Lake Jackson, Texas, in a college that was uh, located in the middle of a lot of petrochemical companies. And um, that experience was kind of a baptism by fire in a whole different way. 
And uh, again, prayer was at the core of it. But I learned how to navigate corporate politics. I learned how to build an infrastructure that now is beautiful and uh, state-of-the-art, two-story corporate learning center people travel from all over the world to see where the professional lives of uh, many people in business and industry are shaped to excel in their careers. So the lessons there from business are rich and have shaped a lot of my philosophy. And in fact, a lot of the things I write in my courses and books now, they were tested and tried back in this season of my life. It was a 12-year assignment that uh, was a very special, I I've always knew it was a bit of a training lab for what I would be doing today. And the other thing I love there is building a high-performance team. That same thing came back around where I got to help people develop their strong suit and uh, really shine, really soar. I'm so proud of these people. We're in touch today and also see many of them saved, healed, and delivered. And, of course, people say, well, okay, was that a Christian college? That's the first question I get every time. And it's like, you know what? It was a public college, but I'm a praying woman. So everybody's trying to hang shingle on things, all these kingdom shingles out there, and it's fine if you need to have one, but I'm saying a lot of your best work is not going to be behind a kingdom sign. Okay, don't get me started on that. So we transitioned to Kansas City. I don't mean to step on toes there. You can do it different ways. You know, God calls you to do it a certain way. You need to do it the way God's calling you to, but don't just... Don't just assume someone else, what else, someone else's style is is necessarily right for you. We came to Kansas City to be involved in the marketplace ministry here about eight years ago. Ended up leading the Joseph Company marketplace ministry of the International House of Prayer. The um, relevance of that move for us was huge in many ways. It was a big pivot in our life direction. And, you know, I hear people talk all the time, well, you could move so to this place for the weather, or you could move to these islands for the breeze, or you can move to, you know, this place for the view of the mountains. You know what? I'm just an assignment girl through and through. I want to be at the place on the earth where my assignment is. And it is very clear to us that in this season, God called us in our assignment to Kansas City. Now, I'm not trying to get you to move to Kansas City. A lot of people do. A lot of, you know, they say dying to move to Kansas City. And then there's another little phrase that goes right behind it. It says, uh, moving to Kansas City to die. So <laughs> there's truth in both of those statements. But um, it was a major pivot for us. And we have since then been involved in nonprofit ministry. Now I'm the founder of True Tribe, which is where you are today. What I love about where we're going with True Tribe is that we're bringing the spiritual and the professional together, as you've already seen on your assessment. And I, I just believe God is waking up a silent army in all of these professions who have so much more they're called to do than they ever dreamed possible. Or if they dreamed it was possible, somebody shut it down, or somebody told them it wasn't right, or so, somebody told them what they were doing was secular. And man, there's so many things that will come against you when you try to begin moving in this, but we're here to help you get free of a lot of that. I've authored a couple of books here that are full of life lessons because... Um, some of you have already accepted the challenge to begin writing a book yesterday. How many in here took that challenge? Okay, look around. Rest of you, get ready, raise your hand later in the program. There's something in your life experience that someone else needs. 
You have a unique perspective on the world. You have skill, discernment, understanding that you need to not uh, exit the planet without making it available to other people. And so it doesn't have to be uh, a, a book this thick, but it needs to be thick enough, even if it's a few pages, where you've documented your story and where you've told about your journey and where you have put down the lessons that you've learned. When I wrote Find Your Why Forward, uh, someone asked me, he said, what would, you, what would you tell your children and the people you care about if you were getting ready to leave the planet? Or die. I just say leave the planet. But um, that's the question I asked myself when I began documenting the lessons that I had learned that I want my children to know and understand as well as others. So that's a question that you need to be pondering as well because you have something to say. And the second book that's listed here is Impact Your Sphere of Influence. See, you all have a sphere of influence that is waiting for your story to impact them. And so you have a message to carry, a cause to further. And documenting your own story will help you get clear about how that works. I've created uh, five different programs here because I want the kinds of things I've enjoyed as a spiritual professional to be available to many, many other people who know they want something like that, but they just don't know how. They just don't understand exactly how it works. So a couple of these, uh, Find Your Wife Forward is a course. Prayer Plan Your Life is one that we uh, launched at the boot, Leadership Boot Camp this summer, and we'll be talking more about it later uh, over the weekend and a few other things. I'm the mother of two amazing daughters, one in Dallas and one here in Kansas City, and then the wife of the Rick Man, hunter-gatherer, who has, by the way, entered the modern age with his own iPhone this year. So be sure and show him your favorite app. He asked me a while ago, he said, honey, do I have apps on my phone? I said, I think so, baby. So, you know, if... If you want to show Rick and share your favorite app, he would love to have that experience. We hope you're loving the Linda Field Show and that these ideas are helping you succeed day by day. We know you're busy and don't always get the resources you need to grow in your development as a spiritual professional. That's why Linda has created True Tribe a community of learning for men and women who are ready to experience God-made success. You can access helpful classes and put your learning to work by getting started today for just $1. Come on over to truetribe.org join and get what's waiting for you inside True Tribe. See you over at truetribe.org join.